nothing in British Columbia on Canada's shaggy west coast heralds the coming of spring so unmistakably as the pink blossoms erupting from the cherry and pear trees, which they're doing right now, or they were when I wrote this. One minute it's winter here, and the days are short, dark, and wet. Then suddenly winter just kind of gives up and surrenders to spring, which for her part arrives in this flamboyant explosion of pink and white. The blossoms don't stay long. They're here and gone within two weeks of blooming. But in those two weeks, they are astonishingly beautiful. Here and then so quickly gone, the cherry blossoms have long been a symbol in Japan of a concept called manono aware, valued not because they have special significance despite their very brief appearance, but for their transience, their exceptionally beautiful impermanence. Manono aware, as best as I can understand it, is an empathy toward the impermanence of things and a gentle acceptance and sadness at their temporariness. And it fascinates me that in the West, we seem to have no such equivalent. There is no Western tradition of recognizing impermanence, much less celebrating it. It's not that we don't acknowledge that things always change in the West, but we seem to react by trying to mitigate and control that change, living in a constant state of denial about it, seeing it as the enemy and doing what we can to eliminate it. It makes sense then that we too have no similar tradition to wabi-sabi, the Japanese honoring of decay and imperfection and the natural flow of things. If you're wondering what this has to do with everyday creativity, let's talk about it. I'm David Dusheman, and this is episode 29 of A Beautiful Anarchy, The Same River Twice. Twenty-five hundred years ago, in Ephesus, in what is now modern-day Turkey, there was a Greek philosopher named Heraclitus, and it is from him so many years ago that we got the notion that you can never step into the same river twice. Not only because the water that swirls and eddies around your ankles the first time you wade into that river will be different water the second time around, the first water now being long downriver and heading to the sea, but because you too are a different person. Heraclitus, even without the modern understanding that most of the cells in our bodies are replaced roughly every seven to ten years, understood that everything changes, that we and all life are in flux, and that the nature of life is change. Heraclitus is not the only one to observe the impermanence of things. This fundamental belief shows up in Buddhist thought as well as Hinduism, and most religions and philosophies have made attempts to define what is eternal or infinite, if anything, and what is not. The latter category is almost always more crowded than the former. But this is not a lesson on the problem of change. It's probably more like a meditation on what we're going to do about it and what the impermanent nature of things means for our creative lives. If we accept that everything always changes and that we daily wade into new waters as new people, that life isn't as much a matter of being who we are than it is about becoming who we are, then I think we open ourselves to the idea that creativity itself and all our creative efforts are a tool for exploring and coping with that change. If we step barefoot into that river, always acknowledging that these are dark waters into which we've never stepped before, then I suspect we will do so more awake, 
more perceptive, and probably more alive, not to mention less neurotic and anxious. If everything is always changing, then we will find ourselves less presumptuous about what we think we know, less entitled, less willing to assume that the people in our lives are the same people they used to be. We'll be more open to new needs and desires, both our own and theirs. The assumption, for example, that the person you married 20 years ago still wants all the same things or should is no less harmful than being blind to your own changes. In other words, however long you remain married, no one stays married to the same person. Recognizing that could keep your relationship moving forward. In other areas of our lives, the assumption that what worked 20 years ago will work now or should is one of the reasons people experience the so-called midlife crisis. We fit ourselves into molds, patterns, and structures at 20 years old that no longer fit the contours of our souls 30 years on. It is not only our waistlines that have changed, but the shape of our whole being and the choices we made, the compromises and blind decisions that we squeezed ourselves into when we were still practically kids, they may no longer fit. The unhappiest ones are those that don't accept the change and find a graceful way to navigate it, clinging instead to what was and who we thought we would always be, blind to the impermanence of everything, including who we are. This is one reason so many artists experience creative frustration with the creative process. When we find ways of being and working, when we solve a creative problem and figure out what works for us, and then we camp out there once and for all, we repeat ourselves and do work that has no appearance of risk, which is easier but unsatisfying. And when faced with inevitable changes, we forget that the river is flowing around us, is already a different river rushing past a changing person, and we panic and try to claw our way back to what once worked for us. This idea of the Heraclitean river of constant change has made that change easier for me and allows me to stand in the constant flow of life without my brain exploding and my soul hurting from the kind of bruises we get from trying to hold that change back and stop it all from moving forward, trying to keep everything the same. I'm trying to find a way to make clear why this perspective, well, it changes everything. As a photographer, I think one of the more lucid examples of that lies in the relationship between my craft and my vision. I suspect it's the same for any artist in any craft. My vision for what I'm trying to do or say with my photographs is always outpacing my craft or the ability to do and say those things with my available tools and current skill. It does this because I am not the artist I was a year ago, and the things I am trying to do or say with my art, they've changed with me because they are, on some level, me. And as the vision changes, it makes clear the ways in which my craft or technique hasn't kept up, the ways in which that skill is yet unable to express these new ideas. It challenges me and demands that I learn new things and do what I can to bring my skill and my vision to the same level as each other. But the very act of learning those new skills expands my imagination, gives me new ideas, and propels my vision so when I wade back into the river, I find my vision already moving ahead of me, just out of reach, again. And so it repeats in what would be an exasperating cycle of cause and effect if I refused 
to see the forward flow of things as not only inevitable, but an opportunity for growth. The gulf between what we can imagine and the ways in which we can explore and express those ideas, whatever craft we use, can be an engine for our becoming the artists we are constantly becoming. The alternative is decay and stagnation. Those are the two choices. We don't get to choose whether the river keeps flowing or whether we keep changing. No amount of effort will dam it or divert it. But we do get to choose whether we get into the river in the first place and be alive to its motion and flow or cling desperately to the shore in an attempt to stay right there, right at the last point on the riverbank where things were working, where they made sense, when we felt more certain of our surroundings, even if it was an illusion and the river hasn't been the same for years. Clinging has never worked. The planet spins too hard and fast. The river moves too quickly. Our desire for things to remain the same, for the cherry blossoms to stay forever, is not only unrealistic but heartbreaking when those blossoms fall, as they always do. The Japanese idea of manono aware frees us to feel sadness at the passing of the blooms, but also joy at the next stage in the life of the tree. It allows us to move forward, ever accepting of the natural rhythm of things. And there's something else, too. When we acknowledge the impermanence of the beautiful things, knowing they will one day be back or in a different form, we are more free to acknowledge the impermanence of harder things and look forward to their passing, knowing that they will. Scary as it is, we don't suffer because the river keeps flowing around us, nor that we too are subject to the same changes and flux. We suffer because we cling. We cling to what has been, to what has worked, to things and times and all the ought-to-have-beens, and we miss the chance to wade into the changing waters and do what creativity has always done. Find a way to become who we are becoming within the flow and more practically to solve current problems now without getting hung up on the past, without wearing ourselves out by our efforts to cling to the shore. I wrote this episode not because I had answers, but rather questions. I wondered, and still do, if so many of our frustrations and hesitations as artists, creatives, human beings, whatever, come from the effort to step into the same river twice and the expectation that we will find it unchanged. Do we make things harder for ourselves because creativity always happens in uncertainty when we try to control the flow and the direction of that always changing, always moving, always uncertain river rather than exploring and even celebrating that impermanence? Does our frustration and paralysis come from trying to cling to the riverbank and resisting the change? And when the change is so clear and it calls so hard to us, would it be easier, I wonder, to accept and follow if we acknowledged that we too had changed or might still and that all bets were off and all things were, if not possible, then at least not predetermined by what once was? What would you do if you woke up to find you were a different person standing in a different river and everything was new? On a deeper level, how much easier would it be to forgive others and ourselves for the past if we acknowledge that everything has changed and that who we were is not who we are or will become? How much easier would it be to take creative risks and try new things if we accepted that our past failures are not a guarantee of more of the same, 
nor for that matter our past accomplishments, a promise that everything we touch will turn to gold. What attachments would you release and how much less devastating would our losses feel if we clung less tightly and saw everything in our lives and our lives themselves like the cherry blossoms, more celebrated and anticipated and loved for their impermanence and beauty, not less? How much less might we fear? The impermanence of all things means one thing above everything to me, that now matters, that the person I am now at this moment in my life and no other is the one with the opportunity to be fully alive and to use that agency to create now and not later and to find joy in that creation and to do so without fear and when the fear is there to do so with the courage to meet that fear. When the impermanence of things intersects with my ability to do and to act and to create, there is urgency. Now is when our lives are lived, not in the past, not in the future. You will never step into this river twice. Make it count. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to A Beautiful Anarchy, you can find me and all the episodes at abeautifulanarchy.com iTunes, Shopify, or wherever you access your favorite podcasts. I'm humbled by the letters that I've been getting and the encouragement that people like you have been giving me. Thank you so much. If you've got something to say, you can reach out to me at talkback at abeautifulanarchy.com. Thanks again for being part of this. We'll see you next time. Until then, go make something beautiful. Beautiful.